What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps, baby. But this one, we're just going to do the fan questions as promised because I felt like there were some great, insightful questions that really challenged me to think deeply about um, my career and some of the things that I'm going through right now and where I want to go. And I feel like this would be a great opportunity for me to obviously answer the questions, interact with you guys. Um, definitely check out the full YouTube page. Check out the community section. Um, streaming on all platforms, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, all that stuff. So go check us out. Oh, and on Spotify as well. I believe we're on Spotify. I have to verify the Spotify one. But definitely check us out on all platforms. If you want to watch the video version, of course, you can watch it here on YouTube. Um, so with that being said, let's get into it. The first question I'm going to take is from... At Front Kick UFC on Twitter, is it ever discouraging to know you've won three straight title fights in the UFC's toughest division, but haven't won over the mainstream slash casual fans? Question mark. Does it put more pressure on you to win because you know the money is mostly gone once the belt is? Question mark. Not throwing shade. I'm a fan. First, I want to say thank you for this question. I thought this was a great question, and um, I appreciate you chiming this in. And this is one of the ones that got me really thinking. So thank you for this and just taking the time out of your day to do this. Uh, so this, there's a couple of layers to this. Um, my life is good right now in the sense of I competed to earn money. It's prize fighting. And when I take a look around me and I take a look at where my family is, my mom, some of my sisters, I feel like I did a pretty damn good job with what I was making in the very early begins of my career, saving up through the hard work, even when we weren't getting paid that much back then, um, biting the bullet, not buying anything fancy, uh, not going out and doing crazy stuff, spending a ton of money, just really sacrificing to get to a better position in my life so that I can help myself and as well help the others near me that I actually care about. Um, with that being said, uh, Winning is part of the game. Losing is part of the game. Now, when you focus so much on the wins and losses, I feel like that's when my performances were more reserved, where I wasn't trying to take too many chances because I was afraid of losing. And then when you fight to fight not to lose, you fight a little bit more, I don't want to say timid, but more... Um, reserved I guess not taking chances not taking too many risks like even now I don't take that many risks but I take more I put myself in a better position a better spot um but I always told myself if if I focus on the performance everything's going to take care of itself good things will happen you can only control so much in life right you can't control what your opponent's going to do maybe they do something straight out of left field a spinning back jumping 360 kick you never expected them to do that and they do that in the fight you get caught you get knocked out wow you can only control what you can control. And I think when you do that, it takes the pressure off of you a bit and you tend to enjoy life a little bit more and not worry about the wins and losses as much. Because when you do that, I feel like it stresses you out and takes away from the quality of life. You don't get to enjoy the moment. You don't get to enjoy the ride. So with that being said, sorry for the long-winded answer. Um, I would like for the fans to like me more because obviously that means more dollars because they will probably be more willing to spend money to watch me compete if they like you and if people hate you, they'll probably spend money to watch you get your ass kicked. Um, but with that being said, I don't want to change who I am to try to conform uh, to the masses to make people want to like me more, if that makes sense. Like it would be cool, 
But should I go out of my way to be fake, to put on these fake smiles, to pretend like, hey, man, you're, like, oh, you're really cool. And then just as soon as you turn your back, I'm back to like, man, that guy fucking sucks. Like, that, that's so phony. That's so fake, man. That, that's just not me. That's, I just can't do that. You know what I mean? So when I look at stuff like that, I'm like, which side of the fence do I want to be on? I'm like, I'd rather be unique to myself and stay me, man. Um, stay 10 toes down and not sell my, what they say, what they say, sell your soul to be someone or to make extra money. That's just not what I'm about. You know, even with sponsorship stuff, I've turned down some deals because I'm like, man, this is just not what I'm in line with or who I can see myself working with or products I think are beneficial for me and to my viewers kind of thing. If I want to sell something to people where I'm getting uh, a monetization incentive, I want to at least make sure it's something that I can get behind that I actually genuinely like. You know what I mean? So that's that's more about my character than maybe um, about, I guess, being smart and just taking the money while it's here. I can always get back to the belt. If I lose the belt, it's part of the game. I can lose my next fight to Henry C. You know, and guess what? Life goes on. I, I'm not going to sit there. Yeah, I'm going to have my moment of um, sad and angry, disappointed. But those emotions, man, they come and they go. Like I said, life's good. How can I complain? It can always be worse. There's so many people out there in the world that have so much less than what I have. What I've been fortunate to build and grind for, but even though I earned it, I know people out there, even though they are earning stuff, they aren't getting stuff, no matter how hard they work. You know, so when I see that, man, it, it, it makes me humble to know, like, dude, yeah, you can. there is always more in life, but at the end of the day, man, I got it pretty good. I can't complain. If it was to stop tomorrow... Am I going to be saddened? Yeah, because this is what I love to do. This is my, my bit of my identity for so many years. But at the end of the day, life goes on. This is only a short chapter in my life. So, of course, I want to make as much money as I can, but I'm not going to be butthurt or anything like that down in the, down in the dumps for lack of um, better terms or words. Uh, but, yeah, man, if I, so if I can inspire anybody, man, I would just say that. Like, like your moment in the sun will come. And it would go as well. So embrace it while it's here. Take it for what it is. Enjoy the ride. And control what you can control. And that's about it, man. And if you guys notice my shirt, the luckiest funk of all time. <laughs> Aljamainstore.com. If you want some new merch, these are some new lines, some things that we're working with, some new designs. Go get you some. All right. Some other questions. At Sal Graskus, you've said before that success, even at the highest levels in Olympic and college wrestling, does not dictate whether one is better in MMA wrestling. Can you elaborate on some of the technical reasons why this is the case? I've heard Danaher speak to this when talking about GSP. Great freaking question. Now, here's what I'm going to say. It doesn't necessarily equate because if we're in a street fight, we're in an octagon, you're in a wrestling mat. Let's just use these examples. If I shoot a double leg takedown, and I pick you up over my head, Matt Hughes style, Frank Trigg, and I slam you down in a canvas. It's going to hurt maybe not all that much. In a street fight, it's going to hurt a lot. In a wrestling mat, on a wrestling mat, it's not going to hurt all that much. You know what I mean? If you hit an inside leg trip, so let's talk about Henry Cejudo. He hits an inside leg trip to get takedowns to score points. But you score those points, you're in a competition. You're not looking to fight, so to speak. You know? So if you're looking to outpoint... Okay, cool. That's great and all, but in a fist fight situation, how does that help advance you to the fight unless your goal, game plan is to 
minimize the striking exchanges as much as possible and win on control time. Okay, that's smart. But if you're in a fight where you're getting punched and the other guy is just as good as a wrestler and can get back up, now you have yourself in a little bit of a predicament. You're expending energy. You're going to get tired. You're taking, using energy to get the takedowns that aren't equating to much control time. After getting the takedown, the other guy gets back up and he's now pressuring you and he's backing your face. Um, it's, a, it's a different scenario. You know what I mean? It's just not quite the same. Even with BJJ, when guys get in a BJJ match, they can sit to their butt and start attacking the legs. But now you see combat jiu-jitsu. Some of these positions where guys are trying to roll underneath and they're getting palm striked in their face as they're inverted and they're, they're stuck on their neck. And their face is exposed and the other guy is just raining down shots. It's a very difficult situation to be in. Very uncomfortable as well. Now, you could say, like, you could throw the strike and then you lose positioning. Yes, this is also true. But it depends on your skill set. Every fight is different. Styles make match, makes fights. Um, so when you analyze it like that, you can understand the, the little nuances of where you can have success, where you can be exposed, and where you can expose your opponent. And that's pretty much what I was speaking to with Henry Sayudo. I'm not saying that his wrestling is going to be completely obsolete, but depending on the type of takedowns that he goes for, it's just like, what is the purpose? What is the point? And I think when I look at it like that, um, I think this fight is not as dangerous unless he comes out and just starts swinging like a, a wild, rabid Tasmanian devil. But even then, it has his peaks and valleys. Like, he will get tired trying to fight like that. And he will run into something because I have the longer reach. Even if he does get on the inside, if I start stepping in with elbows while we're in close, protecting myself, and start slashing across and start spinning, and now we're in this crazy barn burner fight where he's throwing madness, I'm throwing strikes that is madness that can knock you out, but it can also slice you open. It's a different type of fight. And that's why I think Henry's going to have a lot to figure out with this matchup coming into this in March. I think it's March 4th. So I'm excited about the opportunity, and if that's the best way I could break it down, like, yeah, you, you've had success at the highest level, but let's be honest here. You, what are you going to do, ankle pick me? Are you going to grab my head, pull it down to my ankle, and ankle pick me, and then I'm just going to sit there? No, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to get to my, my feet. I'm going to look to sweep. I'm going to look for submissions off my back. As you get threatened by these positions, you're either going to throw a couple punches um, and try to chip away, which is a, a great strategy for Henry. But I also know that this is possible, so I have to make sure I'm protected. And I have to know that even when he, do, when he does go for those one-off, two-off strikes and then tries to let me back up, I got to look for damage in between those positions where I can create some chaos and make him uncomfortable. And now he's like, okay, I have to pick and choose when I get these takedowns because it's a different scenario if I'm on the ground exerting energy and then I'm getting hit with these big shots. And then when we get up, there's so much round left that this guy can now pressure me and take over back the round, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Uh, next up, what uh, from NF, from at NFA Kimsis. What's it like being the only American champ left in the UFC while seemingly 60% of the U.S. fan base is rooting for your downfall? Part two, does said disrespect add fuel to the fire, question mark, or is it a non-factor, question mark? So, yeah, this is a great question as well. Um, I always said American fans are weird. Yeah, I'm American. My parents are Jamaican. My grandparents are Jamaican. They were born and raised in Jamaica. They came to America. Um, my parents did to give us an opportunity when they were in their, I think, late, early 20s. 
Um, my mom had her first kid, I think, when she was 14 or 15 years old. So this goes to show you the culture of where I come from. It's just very different. Um, and I grew up in a Jamaican household. Yeah, I went to an American school, but for those first few years, I was raised by Jamaican parents, raised with Jamaican roots intact. So when people give me shit for that, I really don't understand. I'm like, half this, more than half this country have their parents, which are from another country. You, it's very rare, from, at least from my neck of the woods in uh, Long Island, that you can have parents that were born in the States, and those parents' parents were born in the States as well. So meaning, I have my friends. So my friends are born in America. Their parents were born in America, and their parents' parents were born in America. So that'd be my friends' grandparents. It's very few and and far in between that you find families like that where they're strictly like literally all American born for three generations. It's very few, man. It's a big melting pot. So I embrace the American culture. I embrace my Jamaican heritage and culture as well. So it's like when people give me shit for that, I'm like, dude. You're no different from what I am. It's the only thing is I acknowledge my roots. I don't just say, hey, I'm just black. No, I'm not just black, bro. <laughs> I'm Jamaican. <laughs> Jamaican Americans, just stop with the nonsense. But uh, I will say this. It's, it's weird. The fan base is weird in the fact that we like who we like. We have so many options where other, other countries, they usually only have like one or two teams. They don't have like American football. They don't have like American basketball for the most part in most of these countries or American baseball. These are all like American, Americanized sports, right? So we have a wide range of things that we can attract ourselves to or attach ourselves to that we like and we can support. So when it comes to this, you see a lot less Americans that are diehard fans for people that are representing their country. We tend to just like who we like. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is odd when you have one American champ and you have an American champ fighting and a Russian or someone from another country and the American gets booed. And obviously character plays a lot into this. So um, I know I've been judged based on my first fight with Jan. Um, and that's the only fight that the fans have seen. They haven't seen any of my other ones. So I, I feel like I am wrongly criticized for something that people have no experience in dealing with. They, they say I've been acting, but I'm like, dude, I literally saw black when I got hit with this knee to my head. Flash of light, and then I saw like this, like this blackness. Boom. A knee that came out of nowhere blindsided me. I'm exhausted. I barely ate. I didn't, I didn't eat coming into the fight. So I have all these things fighting against me. I didn't eat coming into the fight. I'm exhausted coming into the fight. I'm getting my ass kicked in the fight. And then I get blindsided by a knee. And then I go dark for a, for a split second. And I'm trying to blink to kind of clear the cobwebs a bit and trying to gather myself. The ref then stops the fight and they call it when they bring the doctor. And I didn't get an opportunity to say if I could continue or not. And yeah, I think it's stupid for me to have continued knowing that I was that compromised. So people are going to now go to, well, Anthony Smith. Guys, that knee that Anthony Smith got hit with was nowhere near the same level of impact as, as the knee that Jan hit me with. I got hit by a killer. You know what I mean? John is a killer, but I got hit flush. By a guy nicknamed No Mercy. You think he was trying to show me mercy in that position? Like, let's be honest here. And I had no idea that I was going to win the belt. When I won the belt, like I said, I did not want to win the belt that way. But guess what? If you're telling me that if you gave me these options and I can clear head, like level-headedly think about this and, and go, you mean to tell me 
I got a legally need. I'm going to win by disqualification and I get a chance to get pay-per-view points and to have a rematch and eat properly this time and not come in here and look like a a, a, a sheep going out to the lamb or no, a sheep going out to the slaughterhouse and actually can actually fight back and defend myself properly. I'm going to take that option all day long. But in the moment, I have no idea what's going on. Discombobulated. People want to say you're acting because I started blinking. I'm like, dude, I saw black. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I look back at the video. I'm like, I don't remember any of that. So when I get judged for that, it's like, it's, it's kind of disrespectful because it's like, dude, you guys haven't even been in this situation before. You haven't fought. You haven't been through a training camp. You haven't laid it all on the line and then get blindsided like that. You know, I would have taken my L like a man. I kept fighting. But Jan did something illegal. It gave me an opportunity to do it the right way. And I've said this multiple times. Like, I don't understand how I'm the, the, the one on the cross for this. Like, I get it. You thought I was acting. But if I'm telling you and explaining to you that there's no way I'm acting that situation because I knew I was going to get the belt. I thought it was going to be a no contest. And I thought the next guy in line was going to get to fight Jan. And I was just going to be get gone to the winds and forgotten about. And that would have been the worst title shot performance ever in history. Worse. Uh, I mean, Carlos Esparza versus Rose Nama Yunus too. <laughs> but that's up there. But at least I, you know, I fought, but it would have been a, a terrible performance in terms of like, I looked like complete shit in comparison to how I've gotten to the title shot to begin with. And I think people kind of give me um, um, an unfair shake on that one because they forget about all my other great performances. They look at that one and I get judged by just this one moment in time where, again, I have no recollection of that moment. I don't even remember the interview. I had to go back to watch the interview to even know what I said you know what I mean? So I, I just think that part's a little unfair and a little messed up because it's like if you actually been in that situation, um, I don't think anyone would have acted any differently in terms of like the ref taking the opportunity away from you, the doctor taking away the opportunity. Like if they waited five minutes, I'm telling you more than likely, I would have probably just like realized like, oh, I'm in a fight, right? Like I got to continue. That's just the, the way we're wired. You know, I want to get that one back, even though I know I had no business going back in out there trying to compete. Um, so now level headedly, when I get to watch that scenario, I'm go like, yeah, if I'm in that situation again, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to realize like, hey, this was not my best day in the office. I'm getting my ass kicked. I'm going to come back and do it again. Jan was the better man this night. And I said that. And I'm going to come back and show that I should have beat that guy's ass the first day, the first time. And I'm going to win in the rematch, which I did. And I'm going to get pay-per-view points for doing it. And I'm going to get a bump in my base pay as well. So I got my base pay and then I got a bump for becoming the champion. Even though it was by DQ, I got a pay bump. Where well, this is prize fighting, people. I'm trying to get as much money as possible. So now I'm level-headed and I get to see this. I get a pay bump. I get pay-per-view points. I get a, a huge grudge match rematch. Yeah, I'm going to take that all day long and take it to the bank. So for the Americans who are trying to chase the American dream, if you don't understand that... Um, I look at Anthony Smith and I go, dude, you weren't hurt, but in hindsight, looking back at it, you're kind of an idiot for not taking it because you, you would have been paid pretty handsomely going back into that rematch. And yeah, you can say whatever you want about integrity. That's different. You're talking about integrity from a sport that you're trying to feed your family. Um, there's a little difference. I'm not saying go and rob and steal. You're not stealing anything. The guy did something illegal. You didn't do anything wrong. If you're not hurt that bad, okay, continue. Be, do you? I'm not stopping you. But if you are hurt even the slightest amount and you feel you're outgunned, I mean, when we look and lay out the, lay out the land and go like, well, this is what's going to happen if you say you can't continue. 
how are you the one that's faulted for that based on the way that the rules are written? You know, you get an opportunity, you get an automatic rematch, and you get a huge payday, and you get pay-per-view points. Um, I'm going to say, even though that's not the way I thought it was going to go, I made out pretty handsomely from doing that. And uh, if I could go back and do it again, in terms of like in that same exact scenario, I'm not changing anything. You know, people can say whatever they want. Um, and yeah, it does add a little fuel to the fire because it makes me want to prove people wrong. But it is a non-factor in the sense that like, I'm not waking up in the morning to go, I can't wait to prove these fans wrong. No, I'm waking up to like, I can't wait to prove to the world who I am. And in the same, the same breath, it's also hitting or checking that box as well, if that makes sense. Damn, there's a lot of stuff in this. Uh, at Matt R4... 27 man there's a lot of good questions in here does it bother you that it seems the ufc this that it seems the ufc is what seems like they are trying to find someone to beat your question mark i think you make a great champion exclamation point keep it up thank you brother and i seriously do appreciate that um I, I mean i don't know what would for me i know a great champion someone who gives back to the community and do things like that and i I try to do as much of that as I possibly can because I actually want to because I know what it feels like to have nothing um, and to not have anyone of inspiration to really look up to other than a rapper. And um, uh, I, wouldn't, I guess drug lords. Yeah, that's really what I had to look up to coming up, you know. So um, I appreciate that um, for sure. And I don't want to say it bothers me because the UFC is a business. Um so I, I guess more so, I feel like the onus is more on me. How do I become the guy that the UFC wants to get behind more? And how do I become the UFC's golden goose where they're now trying to protect me to make more money for them by having me as their champion, right? That's kind of the way I'm looking at it now. And I know it's a short reign, but even then, it's like if I could be on top for a couple of fights and then get out, not get out, but like then lose the belt. Okay, whatever. I did pretty well while I was sitting on the throne. That's what life's about, man. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change our lives and the ones closest around us if possible. You know, that's why I want to do these new ventures. I want to start the rum company. I want to start a supplement brand as well. Um, maybe a power bar. There's, there's a whole bunch of different things I want to kind of get into in the fitness realm. Maybe even coaching where I can plug some people in. Maybe open up a gym where I can plug some people in. And, and like I said, change lives, create opportunities, you know. Uh, so with that being said, I, I look at it like that, like glass half full versus glass half empty. Yeah, the UFC does, they don't want me to win. They want me to take the real tougher fight on paper with Henry Cejudo so that if I lose, it gives O'Malley a better chance because he's not going to get jujitsu choked and controlled on the ground like like he can get controlled by Aljamain Sterling because Styles make fights. Um, the way that, she, uh, that Henry Cejudo would do it, it's going to be very, very different and very a lot more difficult for him to hold down a guy that's that tall and rangy, you know? So I look at it like that, you know? So how do I flip the script, change the way I'm thinking and go, okay, what can I do to change the narrative on Aljamain Sterling and still be genuine to myself, not create this false persona? I still want to be me. I want to be silly. I want to be goofy, Um but I'm not goofy with people. I'm goofy with my friends, you know? So people can say, oh, he's cringe. I'm like, dude, I don't know what you see that's cringe other than the, the WWE shit I did with the belt. Like, that was just, like, me being silly. Like, anyone who knows me know that's, like, me, but turn the, the dial up a notch and just saying, you know what? People are mad. Let's throw the shit in his face. Like, that's me. If you hang out with me, I'm going to do some goofy-ass shit where it's just like, yo, this this kid is a clown. Um, and that's just, my, that's just my way that I am, man. Like... 
but I only do that with people I'm close with. I'm not going to open up with random people I don't know. You you meet me, I got my guard up. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Because um, I don't know what intentions are, you know what I mean? So there's a time and place for everything. And when I'm with my friends, if there's a camera out and they record some stuff, dude, it's cool, it's funny, you're having a good time. I'm showing side of my my personality that's unique to me and what makes me different and who I am. Um, and I don't need to force that. If I got to change the narrative to force something that I don't want to be, uh, and have to be in character all the time. I don't want to do that. You know, you either like me or you don't. What you see is what you get. And uh, I guess that's really it. Um, so, yeah, that's how I look at that. And thanks for saying I make a great champion. Hopefully I'm the champ for a couple more fights. And then I told them I want to go up to 145 because um, I'll probably be 35 by then or 34. We'll see. And cutting weight sucks. <clears throat> at... Scott the Rock too. Is fame worth the squeeze? Would you prefer just wealth or trade it all for pure happiness and or love? So happy for you, champ. I met you in person and you treated my son and I like God. Oh, that's really cool. Play the game, get as much as you can, and then get out in one piece. Hashtag Long Island Rocks. My man, I appreciate you. Thank you for that. And um, uh, you know, it was crazy. Wideman and I were on the phone yesterday and he mentioned that I was at the Ring of Combat fights and I was talking to one of the guys on the regional fights. And his team, I'm not going to mention names, he said his team um, said to me, like, said to him that, you know, Aljamain was really cool and he went out of his way and walked all the way over to us to shake our hands and introduce himself. And um, even though he didn't need to introduce himself, they said. Uh, and I thought that was really cool because um, I, I didn't even think twice about that. But he mentioned down the phone, he was like, that's why I want to call you. Um, he's like, isn't that cool that you are changing uh, or affecting people's lives in ways that you didn't even think possible. I'm like, yeah, that's actually really dope. I had no idea that was even like a thing. I just thought that was like the nice thing to do. Go out of your way, introduce yourself. When you guys are sharing a locker room, we're all about to go to war. Hey, man, let's we're in here together. You know, that's just the way I am. I, I just don't know how to be any different kind of way. So, and and going back to this question, is the fame worth the squeeze? It depends what type of fame, man. Are you going to be like a six nine? Are you going to and have to like look over your shoulder for the rest of your life like a DJ Academics? And I fuck with DJ Academics, but it's just like, dude, the fact that you talk, you have to be in this hip hop game and talk the shit that you do to get clicks. Because if you did it in a respectful way, people aren't going to tune in. But when you do it in a way you say it cold hearted, you say the truth, you're not being you're not wrong, but you're saying the truth about it and giving your honest opinion. There's going to be some backlash that comes with that. And when you're in the game of hip hop, you know, people don't tend to like that very much they're not you're not talk you're not dealing with business professionals in suits and ties that are going to try to get you a different way and hurt your pockets a different way they're going to try to actually hurt you physically you know it's a different type of lifestyle so with mma i think fortunately for us we're in a space where 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 the badasses you know what i mean so it's not like people are going to be coming up to us trying to fight us all the time. I'm sure there will there are people out there who would have no problem trying to fight us and probably after a couple of beers everyone's going to be down to fight us or see what they got, see what they're made of, you know. Um but in the sense of that like being able to live yourself your life kind of low key there is something to be said about that. Um I would definitely just take the wealth if I can, but nothing worth having in life comes easy, right? So kind of got to build that and hopefully my kids um in this social media day and age hopefully I can set them up to make sure that they can do stuff that's maybe a little bit more low-key. And if they want to be more flashy and out there, that's on them. Um, but it, it, this lifestyle has its 
checks and balances, so to speak. There's pros and cons that come with it. You know, when you can go to certain restaurants and people take care of you, uh, people want to give you stuff all the time, even though I got so much clothes and stuff, like T-shirts from different brands and things. They want me to just wear their stuff. And I'm just like, I got so much of this, I kind of just start to donate them to, like, charities and things like that. So, <clears throat> and then you got the cons. Like, you, you're kind of a, a mark or a lick or a target, for lack of better words. Um, so if you know what that means, you, you know, just putting you guys on game if you don't understand like those type of terminology um that is the one part that i don't like because it makes it a little bit more uncomfortable when i go out and go to places like even like me going back to jamaica i gotta be careful of where we go by ourselves because you just never know what intentions are and not just specifically pointing out jamaica but any country where they're not making as much money the way that states the states make and people look at the states and they think anyone that's american is like rich and it's not like that um, for me, I'm obviously in a different, um, place now. So I got to be careful about even where I go in the States. I just got to be careful, man. Always kind of just mind your P's and Q's and making sure you're alert because bad things can happen. So yeah, there is a trade-off for it. And to just have love and happiness, like there's a trade-off with that too. I wanted to be a gym teacher. I got my degree in physical education. I was going to just teach physical education, summers off, live a great life, get, um, get, tenure, all that, coach wrestling, and just be a good father to my kids, you know? Now it's a little different, but I can still be a good father to my kids um, when I have them. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the way I'm, I've rationalized everything. <clears throat> at Blue, Blood Arena, who's your dream fight at 145 besides Vulcan Mass plus reason? Also, do you game? I don't game that much. I used to play a lot of Smash Bros., I want to start playing again, but it's just so hard to do this and do all these other things. Like, I look at Sean O'Malley, I'm like, how the hell do you have time to game, podcast, and train, and be a daddy? It's a lot, man. There's a lot that he does that I respect, because that's a, that's a hustle and that's a grind. Um, a lot of people don't realize how hard that is and actually how difficult that is in terms of, like, the time consumption and doing things like that. Um, with that said, who would I like to fight between besides those two guys? I honestly haven't... I would have to look at the division again. A good matchup right now. And I'm, I'm like cordial with so many of those guys. So it will be like me kind of like... I don't want to be disrespectful, but there's so many good fights. I mean, you got Yair, you got Josh Emmett, um, you got Thug Nasty, who I've trained with a couple of times. You know, that would be like the least guy I would want to fight. Uh, you got Arnold Allen, who's a stud. You got Sadiq Youssef, who's a stud. There's so many good guys at the division, and they finally start to like pick up steam. They got Mozart, Evluev. Like, there's a lot of lot of talented guys at that weight class, and I think I could get there and kind of shake things up a bit. Um, whether or not I'll have success, because those guys are gonna be a lot bigger than I am, um, will be. You know, that remains to be seen. But I guess we'll have to figure that out when that day comes. Maybe I have to put on a little bit of size. Um, at Lacosta fan, if you beat Sayudo, where would you rank yourself in the all-time bantamweight rankings? I mean, Sayudo's won two fights at Bantamweight. I don't know, even know if I can, like, really rank him up there. Yeah, you can win the belt, but when you skip the line, you don't go through the, the gauntlet. It, it, it is easier to win one or two fights versus having to win six in a row. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying Henry couldn't have done that, but there is something to be said about that. Uh, it's a little bit different when you skip the line and don't have to fight different styles and different matchups to try to get to the title shot. And I think that's the only thing that I don't like when there's the double champ thing. It's kind of disingenuous in, to, in terms of that because sometimes there's just a good favorable matchup or sometimes you just need to win one. And that makes it a little bit easier. 
you know? So, again, I'm not taking anything away from Henry. He did win at 135. He beat a guy that knocked me out. Um, but then a lot of guys beat that guy. Um, I think, you know, I beat Henry. I think I'm right up there with a lot of these other guys. I think I'm up there with Dom. Uh, I think Dom's WC wins should count because the Strike Force wins were counted. But I don't know if they counted the Strike Force title wins. Like, let's say um, Luke Rockhold winning the belt, Strike Force, and coming over, winning the belt, does his title defenses or his title shot, his title win count towards his UFC win count? That part I don't know. Because if it doesn't, then I'll be like, okay, then Dom's shouldn't count as well. And if that's the case, then I'm tied with all these guys at two. So if I go out there and win one more, then technically I'm in the lead. And um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. I beat a couple of good former champions. You know, I beat Henan Burrell. He was a, a considered one of the GOATs at the time. I was the second guy to beat him next to TJ Dillashaw. After TJ Dillashaw, um, I beat TJ Dillashaw. I beat Piotrion. There's three champions right there, man. You know, so uh, I, I like to think I'm in a really, really good spot in terms of what I've done. And hopefully I can add one more to the tally, taking on Henry Cejudo, and I can smash this guy and really just show the world that, man, hard work trumps everything and uh, not to keep doubting me anymore. Let me see if there's any good ones. At Jamkar Yam, when is your second movie release? In question mark, can't wait to binge on it. That's a good. That's funny. Um, I actually did do an actual movie. It should be coming out sometime next year, hopefully February or March. I think February they said it's gonna go to the festival, so maybe March it will actually come out. We'll see if it actually makes its way into theaters. I got a short part. I got a couple of speaking lines. Um, cool, nice little start, and gotta work your way. For, I gotta work my way from there. But this kid's a character, definitely being a clown. Uh, at Club. At Clue Bly X, something like that. What's your favorite Jamaican and your favorite American food? Jamaican food, definitely oxtail rice and peas. Not too salty, though. Sometimes they make it too salt, and I don't like that. And then American food and beef patties. I got to throw in the beef patties. Um, American food, hmm. I mean, I'm so simple with, like, chicken and rice, which is pretty much Jamaican, the way we make it Jamaican style. I guess pizza? Is that Italian? I don't know if that's Italian. American food. I mean, I enjoy a good burger. Good American cheeseburger, hamburger. Um, at M. Murder. Murder. Murder MMA. Okay. Do you embrace being the heel? Question mark. I feel like you love that role. I don't think I'm being the heel. I think I'm just being me. I'm like, sometimes me being myself and how I'm acting towards my opponent might make me come off more like the heel. But I'm not actually trying to be the heel. I'm just like talking shit to my opponent. Um, I'm not like being a heel for the fans. At least I don't think so. I would have to go back and look and see like how if I was outside of myself, how would I like perceive this? Like these, the content that people do see or the content that I've actually put out, I guess. Um, Terry Feek, how now that you are champion, how do you keep being motivated? Huh? You know what? That's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one, man. I, I guess motivation is just cementing my name more in history. The challenges, whether or not I could get up for the challenge. 
like it being worth your time to want to sacrifice and want to work hard and put in those crazy hours. And then the other side of it is obviously the financial part. Um, I got a goal that I want to hit before I retire where if I can make even on a bad year, if just 5% annual return, like obviously you're going to have better years than that in the, in the market. Like for instance, I'm going to put you guys on game right now. Say you're in an investment account with a financial firm and shout out to my guy, Aaron Freeman at Janney Montgomery Scott. If you guys are athletes or anything like that, definitely hit him up. He can help you. And even if you're a regular person, he can help you as well. Um, figure out some some strategies for you to invest your money. He's helped me a ton, man. Some of these, these plans or groups that he puts me in, man, they do a phenomenal job. And I'm going to say this, just some of the stuff we worked on. Like, for instance, this is just to make easy numbers. Let's say you have a year that you make 10% on average for five years, on average, 10%. And you have, um, let's do the numbers. You have, uh, let's say $2 million in your account. So you have $2 million in your account, 10% return annually for five years on average. Let's just go with the first year though. That's $200,000, 10%. Make sure I'm doing that right. Two million. Yep, yep. Thousand, two million. Okay. So you got two million dollars in your account. Ten percent is uh what do we say? Two hundred thousand. So two two hundred thousand. So now let's say if you make five percent, you have a down year where you make five percent, right? So follow me. You make five percent so that you make half of that, that would be a hundred thousand. You could take that hundred thousand. <clears throat> Or the whole 200000 put it right back in. But then when I'm retired, I'm using, let's just say this is my strategy. Which is kind of is my strategy. Not the $2 million part, but whatever. Um, let's say I made two, the, the 10%, 200000 I could take 5% of that for myself. Put 100000 into that retirement fund again. That, 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 that financial strategy, put it back into that plan. And now I have $2 million, $2.1 million. So $2,100,000 dollars. And it compounds every year. But now I got $100,000. That's just my salary. I can use that for the year and spend it and divide that up for 12 months and have a budget. So that's the goal with this. I want to make enough money and to keep me motivated is how many more asses do I have to whip so that I can make the type of um, investment plans so that what let's say my number for the year is $300,000 for the year annually that I would like to just have as play money. So I mean, I would have to save up a, a a serious amount into my account where I could comfortably take out some money and where if I'm making 10%, I could take out that 300,000 and then the rest can sit back in account and compound. And now that money is going to grow. So now when I take out another 5%, it's even bigger than 300,000 because, because remember I added the, the residual into that fund. So now instead of 2 million, it's 2.1 million, 2.1 2 million. And then on top of that, you're not including the interest that you're getting from these, these firms. So I'm getting the interest, I'm compounding it, and I'm also putting it into like a Roth or, or a SEPT IRA account. So now you're making money doing a whole bunch of different things from the fighting was the main way you made the money. You got yourself a, a nice comfortable salary. And then on top of that, everything else is just compounded for years the rest of your life and you put that up in your trust funds and all that stuff and then you're set for life man you know so that's like the plan so that's the motivation now trying to get to a position in 
my life or my career where I could be like, yo, I don't have to work again, but I want to do this because it's fun. It's what I want to do and I have the time to do it. I'm literally fighting now so that I can buy time to do what I want with the rest of my life. So hopefully that, I don't want to say motivated, but that opens some eyes to why we do this, man. Because to fight and not make enough money and then to have to go back to punching the clock, which there's nothing wrong with that, but to have to go back to doing that, that was always my fear. And I'm in a position where I'm so close to getting to where I want to be. And I might not get there tomorrow, but I will be there one day. And uh, that's the motivation for me. Now, I'm going to do two more. <sighs> Let's go at Michael39841. Okay, I don't know why people do that. Question, why do fighters like Benil Dariush, who deserve the next UFC lightweight title fight, always get, pa pa always get passed for the super fight? It's unfortunate, but again, this is what I was talking about before, a glass half full. How do I become a partner of the UFC? How do I make myself and put myself in that predicament or that situation where the UFC is no longer going to do that to me. So for Benil, he doesn't want to do the clown show stuff. He doesn't want to do, and it's not all clown show stuff, but he doesn't want to do the extra, which is talking and being someone that's loud and outspoken. He just wants to go out there, fight, make his money, go back to his family, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in terms of the UFC, they want someone that's going to bring more eyeballs and that's just the way that the game works unfortunately that's the that's the way we have that's the game we have to play if it was like the pfl or something like that you win the tournament you win by points you know what you got to do you know you get the title shot you win and that's it the Bellator grand prix tournament you know you who you're gonna fight you win the tournament you know you get the title shot you know you're gonna be guaranteed this like you know where you stand with the ufc you never know you can just keep fighting keep fighting keep fighting and you will never know will it be your turn Unless you do something crazy that the UFC is like, okay, we have to give it to this guy or this girl. So unfortunately, that's the game we're playing. It's, it sucks, but when you know the rules of the game that you're playing, you're either going to play by the rules or you're going to do it your way, but you can't be mad. You can be, but you can't be, um, you can't hold it against the owners who are dictating the rules of the game because, again, they're the ones that are dictating the rules of the game. And uh, I guess that's the best way I could put that. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way things are right now. Um, let's see if there's any other... There's a lot of good ones, but, man, we're going so far. We're at 39. Damn. I stopped recording on... <laughs> Damn, I stopped recording towards the end at the 39-minute mark. How far are we in on the video? 44 minutes. Fuck. Oh, that sucks. I'm going to... Sorry, guys, man. I blew that one. I don't know what I just did. Um, that's rough. That is rough. <laughs> We're going to have to do a lot of splicing now. My bad, Jake. Or we could just cut that whole last question. But I want to do one more. Um, let's do this one. At MMA account, yeah. Have you ever visited Scotland's cities aren't much to brag about, but our highlands are incredible. No, I haven't been to Scotland. That would actually be a cool place to check out. I want to go. Maybe I could go there when I one day go to Iceland. I want to go to see the Northern Lights. I think that would be cool. And maybe hop around and check some stuff out. Okay. At Grim, J-O-W-A-H. Andrew Tate has been unbanned from Twitter exclamation points. What are your thoughts on Elon bringing back? 
unjustly censored accounts like Jordan Peterson, the Babylon Bee, I don't know who that is, Donald Trump, Kanye West, and Andrew Tate. I'm going to commend Elon Musk for doing this, taking a stand for what he feels is right and not going with what seems like the popular opinion and doing what the masses or some of the masses want him to do. Uh, I think things like that should be somewhat rewarded um, or applauded because it's like, it's so easy to be like everybody else. And because people say this, you, ha you feel like you're inclined to have to do this this way. But I, I think that's unfair. Um, and I think freedom of speech is something, as long as it's not hurtful speech, where it's just like, I'm going to come kill you. Ah, like something like that. Like that's a little over the line. Um, and I think that incites violence. But if it's something like you have an opinion on something and people don't agree with it, I don't think it's right to censor somebody like that because why are you censoring one side of the argument? If the other argument has something that's, um, you don't like, disprove it. Have a cool debate or have a hostile debate. But even if it's hostile, as long as it's not coming to the terms of violence, um, you don't always have to be nice to people in arguments. But that would be nice to see. But it's Twitter. Like, what are we expecting? It's the Wild Wild West. Like, we shouldn't be expecting people to be super cordial to each other. People literally wake up and choose violence on Twitter days. You know what I mean? So that's the way I just, I look at it like that. And these guys, if you, you could take what they say with a grain of salt, just because they have big platforms and they're not spewing the points that you want people to listen to, doesn't mean that they're wrong. And doesn't mean that they should be censored and have those rights taken away from them. You're, you're allowed to do what you want to do and you can express your viewpoints and you can push that narrative. But as soon as there's some pushback, you don't like it, let's hit the mute button. That's not cool. That's why I really don't block people on Twitter or social media because it's like, hey man, if you don't agree with me, you don't like me, you don't have to. But I respect your opinion and your place of doing such, you know? So that's kind of the way I look at that. And uh, I think that's the way life should be. You should be always... You should always be able to be challenged on something and not be able to just run away from the argument and say, no, I'm just not going to listen to you because what you're saying is crazy or blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that's what's important about life. The fact that we do have the freedom to do those things. So it's like, why should a social media platform have all the power to take that away from us? Again, if we're not hurting people, you're not sending threats. It shouldn't be an issue. You're not discriminating people. It shouldn't be an issue. And with that said, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, maybe we could do something like this a little bit more often or maybe like once a month. We'll see. I want to do some more content with like training stuff, like uh, breaking down video, breaking down like maneuvers, sequences, techniques of the week or techniques of the month to give you guys a little more inside look of like uh, my world and how I think and how I break things down. And I think that'd be pretty fun. And I th we're really going to step this Twitter stuff up even more. And guys, if you haven't subscribed to the Weekly Scraps page on YouTube, please, please, please go do that. Jake, if you can add a bumper with the link so that they can directly just subscribe, like literally just by clicking the link below. I, I, hopefully he puts it here so I don't look like a complete idiot doing this. <laughs> um, this way they can go to directly to the Weekly Scraps media channel and we're going to be doing content with other people. Kind of like Will Harris, but a little bit different. Um, it's not going to always be like just following them around, but want to detail some of the behind the scenes stuff, kind of similar to what I did for my fight, but also doing a little bit of like short form interviews with them as well. So 
If you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. It was spinning. Bat fish, baby. Ah, oh, my shoulder hurt. I got stem cells yesterday. Uh, see you guys later. Peace. Oh, yeah. AljamainStorm.com. The luckiest fighter of all time, baby.